Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We're your hosts, Steven. And Kyle. How's it going, Kyle? It's going, man. Hell it's yeah, a little, it is. a little chilly outside here lately. Yeah, that's winter for you. Yeah, I'm not about that life. No. But you are about the occult life, which is what we're going to talk about today. I guess. He's not really about it. But no, it's not at all. Uh, before we get into that, we got to go through all of the business, so check us out at our social medias. Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok now. Like I said last week, I got a TikTok. Don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but go over there and watch me make a fool of myself. Search up Hollow Sky Podcast. We will be there. Come and hang out at our groups. Uh, share weird shit, memes, any kind of crazy, strange story you find on the internet. We want to hear about it. We'll share it around. Um, if you've got a personal paranormal encounter you'd like to share, Kyle's going to tell you how to share it. You can record your voice in any manner you see fit and then send it over to us at the hollow sky podcast at g- gmail.com. And it's not the, it's just hollow sky podcast. I kind of fucked that up there. Um, it's cool. You can write it out, send it to us, whatever you want to do. And we'd much appreciate the stories cause we love hearing them. Hell yeah, we do. Bunch of weirdos. <laughs> That's true. what we're here for. We yeah. are a platform for your weirdness. Um, we also have a Patreon set up, so if you guys would like to support us that way, you can hop on over there, search Apollo Sky Podcast, and uh, check a tier out if it's something you're interested in. We got some cool goodies we'll send out to you, and uh, yeah, just cool thing. We release some extra content on there and shit, getting the t-shirts made for our $10 tiers. Uh, speaking of which, we've got two new patrons we're going to shout out here. Uh, big shout out to Ripley Stone. Thank you so much for... Uh, Supporting the show and EQLOL. Also, thank you for becoming our newest patrons. You guys are fucking dope as fuck. I appreciate it. And for all you $10 peeps, I got the shirt image all done and it's fucking sick. We're planning on ordering it tomorrow. It is pretty fucking I'm excited. We also have a uh, Venmo account set up. If you want to throw some money in our monster fund, we'll use them to buy these. Hell Yes. Tasty treats. Can't say booyah because apparently only stupid people say that. <laughs> well. I don't know. It's just what I've been told. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Oh, yeah. Head over to your uh, podcatcher app, wherever you listen to. Leave us a dope-ass five-star rating and review. I mean, you can leave us whatever rating and review you want. But if it's a five-star, I will shout you out, as I'm going to do now. Our five-star rating and review comes from motor 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 12 says simply one of the best these dudes are awesome full stop keep the episodes rolling in guys well that is our plan thanks so much for taking the time to can't stop won't stop (laughs) it's true taking the time to leave us those encouraging words we do appreciate it it's the best way to support the show is to keep those five stars rolling in and keep that number pumping up making us fucking world famous and hell, even when I, we get notified when we get them through the email and shit, and I'll I'll text Steve, I'll be like, man, those are some pretty nice reviews we got know, left they're there. Pretty dope. They're pretty awesome. So we definitely appreciate it. It's the, it's Like I said, it's the best way you can support us. Definitely helps us out. Oh, for sure. Um, Now to our listener experience of the day. We've been sitting on this one for quite a while. I think eventually we're going to plan on having him on the show. Because his experiences are just fucking crazy. But since it kind of ties in with Kyle's uh, subject today, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to read it. 
Let's do it. This is from our friend Alec. It's kind of lengthy, so bear with me here. It says, my experience with malevolent entities or demons. I've been haunted by malevolent entities since I was a child with countless unexplainable phenomena. Sorry for the poor grammar as I'm jotting this down on my phone. Below are some drawings I did as a child as well as a summary of my predicament. I will share these on social media. First I'll email Alec, make sure it's cool, but then I'll share his picture. Um, he states... Ever since I was a child, I've been tormented and attacked by what seems like a legion of demonic entities. Some come as shadows, others come in forms that I can't quite describe because I couldn't even explain how otherworldly how otherworldly horrors I've seen, but I distinctly remember one that had a long neck with a smile that stretched its face, reminiscent of the head shape of an E.T., except with dozens of teeth, while also having pale skin that looked reminiscent of that of a clown, as it had parts that were more peach while others were this crumbling white makeup-like texture. One that's tall, black, and slim figure where only features that are visible are bulging eyes and teeth, which had a long head shape that made the length of the eyes to the teeth abnormally tall. One that has this short, blue-tinted goblin-looking thing with long, sharp fingers, which would appear in my night terrors, where it would graphically disembowel me amongst... Uh, lost my place amongst cacophonious babbling whispers and laughter. I hope I pronounced that right. What's more bizarre is that I lived in a sheltered family, so I never witnessed anything so graphic before. So having my body mutilated so accurately to real anatomy is odd to me. This does a disservice to how they actually looked, but it's the basics of what I saw, although I had a feeling that there was another layer of dimension to them that I couldn't comprehend. The shadows were the most apparent, though. I distinctly remember seeing one frolic in my backyard. One appeared in front of me with a hand that seemed like thousands of long black fingers grasping at my face. And once I saw a white figure out of the light of my doorway, and then suddenly a black figure launched towards it, then they disappeared. They would project graphic images of rape and murder by my family and friends even before I understood those concepts as a child. I would have fits of unfathomable rage where my mother told me that I would tell her that I was going to grab a kitchen knife and cut her heart out and violently disembowel her. My parents had a discussion on it recently where they said that this would happen without warning as I would become violent, screaming, saying horrible things that a child would never say, tear apart my room and toys, and even lunge at them trying to scratch and beat them. I have no recollection of this, so I honestly had no idea how bad it was as I was between the ages of three and six years old when I would act in this unnatural manner. Weird phenomenons have occurred throughout my life like scratches, sudden shifts in temperature, followed by a feeling of fear and hopeless dread that makes me nauseous. Once my incense box flung to the other side of the room, hitting the wall during a ritual where I tried to communicate with them, etc., they don't show up as much anymore, but every once in a while, they'll come again. For instance, I was meditating and prayed for protection, and then something grabbed the back or grabbed my back and in a mocking and hoarse tone slowly recited the end of my prayer, holding back laughter as I felt this breath on the back of my neck as it whispered, Amen. I've been to several psychics who've told me there's something sinister following me, but it was beyond their expertise. The two aura readers I've talked to said my aura was gold, but there's black energy that's entangled with it, which I honestly don't know how to interpret that. 
I've been told by two shamans and other practitioners that at first meeting them for the first time, one in Alabama and one in Texas, told me that they felt I had some sort of potential in the supernatural and paranormal, and that there's a presence that's attached to me. What or who is responsible? Is there any demons or negative entities that sound like the activity that I spoke of? How do I get rid of this lifelong issue? And why have I been targeted my whole life? These are questions that still challenge me to this day, and I'm at a complete loss as to what to do about it. I've tried priests and other spiritual leaders, as well as a plethora of different prayers and banishing rituals that which have no effect. One last thing, when I tried to communicate with these things, I commenced a ritual by using a black mirror I'd made, uh, or I've made, which I think is called a speculum. I lit candles in the dark and lit incense and everything, and even started with prayers of protection from numerous faiths. faiths. I called them to appear before me, asking questions I listed above, and there was no answer. I then had the urge to ask, where are you? And suddenly I saw my reflection in the once completely black mirror, which descended quickly into the depths of the blackness, as if the mirror had a third dimension to it, like a pit I'd fell into. That's when I stopped the ritual and felt the sensation of being extremely hot, which made me sweat. And as I was taking off my clothes, that's when the incense box flew across the room. I asked the shaman I mentioned before that I met in Texas about it, and he said that whatever these things are, were answering my question. They are now inside of me. This is a personal burden and something I've been dealing with my entire life. I hope to find means of expelling them and eventually freeing myself. I would like to know your thoughts on your matter uh, on this matter and these experiences. <sighs> Holy shit! Yeah, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's extremely heavy. That was from our friend Alec. I um, dog. I don't even know where to start on this one. It uh, first thing I'd do is start gargling some holy water, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd be doing something pretty extreme, and it, it sounds like like literally it's been with you your entire life. And it is curious that you were having these dreams of intense images when you were, you know, as you said, sheltered. And, and small, small enough to where you shouldn't know yeah, about shouldn't. Yeah, you shouldn't even have them thoughts in your head, period, the end. That's interesting, like that... I don't, and it sucks. Like I, I wouldn't wish them nightmares on any uh, my age. I mean, I don't like seeing that shit. You know, yeah, that's fucked up. So, and then the fact that you're running into all these different entities, and then like your questions, like why is this happening to me? And I mean, they're. Uh, I don't. I'm not the end all be all when it comes to this type of shit. But a, I would recommend maybe lighten up on uh messing with the rituals and shit unless you were put in contact with somebody who knows exactly what they're doing because i feel like with some of these rituals as per this episode uh and it's the way i feel about it in general like i could you know ask some or google what is a a spell of protection and i you're just taking their word for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just taking the word for it. I don't because then you know at the same time you see people posted. You know, I know it's a piss poor comparison, but you'll see people that are like, "Hey, in the winter time, don't forget to drain your oil so it doesn't freeze." Yeah, and that type of shit. Like it could be a similar situation. Um, now, as far as it going back to when you were a kid, 
I don't know. Like there's there's a lot of different explanations in my head. It, you know, could it be that somebody in your family did something fucked up? Like fucked with the ritual? That type of situation. Probably invited this this yes. energy in. Yes. I see what you're saying. Prior, you know, prior to your existence. Because I've I've also heard stories from a friend who had the same not exactly the same situation, but his mom was a part of this because her mom was into black magic really bad, and she would have experiences in the middle of the night of people, you know, entities whispering to her, "We're coming to get you," and shit like that. It was a lot of really crazy stuff, and it was because her mom was into it. I'm not trying to put blame on your parents, but I mean, it could have been a relative. It could have been somebody they knew that just pissed them off and they decided, well, here's what I'm going to do to get back at you. I'm not saying this is the way that it is, but it's a possibility. Yeah. Um, my thoughts. First thing, stop trying to communicate with them 100% because clearly they are nefarious. Clearly they don't have your best interest in, in at the forefront and you trying to communicate with them is just, you're just acknowledging them. And I feel like that gives whatever this is power. Well, most likely. And uh, you need to stop doing that. Secondly, had, did this all occur in the same place of residence? Like when you were little, are you in the same house that you grew up on? Because grew up in because that kind of opens the question as to whether or not whatever this is, is tied to the geographical location or if it's tied to you directly, if you've moved out and it has followed with you, then it's probably tied to you. That's not to say that it didn't start out in the location and then you, something, something about you or something happened in your life that made you susceptible to this. Like Kyle said, somebody dabbling in some weird shit that you didn't know about in the house 50 years before, you know, I feel like a lot of people kind of dig into this shit, you know, and I'm I'm just as guilty as everybody else. Like people want a fucking window into the paranormal. They just want to peek at it. They want to mm -hmm. look at it. Well, sometimes like in the mist, sometimes those fucking windows are doors. And when those doors get open, shit comes through it. Exactly. You know that's why I, mean? I don't. That's why I don't like to dabble in. That's why. That's I, why the Ouija board I got is still up there on the shelf. That's what I'm saying. Like it, I was just getting ready to say, you know, even though there's a lot of proof and evidence and people that talk mad shit on Ouija boards and how they're fake, I still don't want to take that chance. That's me personally, because I believe I do believe in the in the theory and an aspect of real magic. I do believe that there is an aspect to that. And it's something that I clearly do not understand. And, you know, that's like asking me to run a nuclear power plant. I don't know how to fucking do that. So I'm not going to go do it. And yeah, it's just, I mean, it's ticking off all of the malevolent and quote unquote demonic box. Boxes, oh, sure. you know what I mean? Like Without it's mimicking it. your prayer. Well, yeah. And it's, you know, you're praying. You. It's yeah. Mocking your exactly. prayer. You're praying for protection and it's finishing it for you like there's no protection like, no there's nothing you can nice do. nice try yeah, and that that's terrifying it's fucking terrifying yeah i don't know man it's it, like in the fact like that said, you've the, already sought out the fact you know, that there's more than one well that and then you've sought out people to try to help with this situation 
and nothing. Like they can't figure it out. It's beyond their quote unquote expertise. I don't know. Like, I don't know what direction to point you in. Yeah. When like the best information they give you is that it's inside you. Well, that doesn't fucking help you that much. No. And that sucks even more. I would definitely that acknowledgement. stop trying to contact it. Fuck. Yes. But I mean, because as you've said, it's kind of tapered off, but who's to say that that's not going to change. I feel like as a child, you're more susceptible to these things. Yeah. Because as we absolutely. grow older, we kind of, I feel like we kind of dial it back in our heads. Yeah, like, yeah. With all paranormal until you go looking for it, and then it kind of sneaks up on you again. But I would definitely stop contacting it. Uh, now that we've got it figured out how to actually get people on the show, we'll probably have you on to talk about this if you want to come on. Yeah, I'd be I'm down probably to do that. Shoot you an email to see if I can share this drawing you sent with us because it's fucking creepy. It is fuck. definitely creepy. You can tell you drew it when you was young and... It's creepy. And it's not cool. Yeah, so we're going to get come back to this. We're going to circle back around eventually whenever we get Alec on the show to talk about it because holy shit, man. It's heavy. deep. So from there, thanks for taking the time to submit it. Sorry it took us so long to get to, get to it. Like I said, we had initially planned to have you on before we read this, but since Kyle brought up this occult thing, I figured it would... Uh, kind of tie in nicely but i'm gonna shoot you an email after the show and see see what we got going on so from there kyle's going to magically whisk us back into the occult the occult which we just never left from so no so it, it's this uh you know so I, I was trolling amazon bookstore the other day looking for shit and i found this book for like fucking three bucks after fucking steal yeah it was on sale so i was like fuck it i'll pick it up and it totally plays into like my narrative when it comes to the occult and the book's called um don't evil unleashed oh evil unleashed true tales of spell spells gone to hell and other occult disasters and i'm like that's perfect because that's that's you don't don't fuck with the occult. It's that simple. Just don't do it. So, you know, in the, in the start of this book, it explains that in recent times, there has been a, a large uptick of people wanting to dabble in the, into the occult. You know, and it, it goes to blaming, blaming it on things like religion being pushed away, the sheer availability to acquire information due to the internet. But, you know, and once again, in my opinion, it, it's dangerous to partake in these things like the Ouija boards, seances, mediums, tarot cards, spells, curses, satanic rites, and rituals. Like it's it's not something that anybody really advises you to go do. Saying, you know, it's basically been saying that all of these have the chance to bring over evil spirits. So once again, don't fucking do it. If you decide to do it, at the very least, let us know the outcome of the situation. Yeah. Do it on our show live. <laughs> I don't know open, about the Open those thing. doors uh, yeah. on the show. I mean, I guess, not, I guess. Not necessarily in my house. Yeah, I was going to say, as long as you're on the other but, side of the line <laughs> and you're not here, then I, I might partake in that. Because I do. I'm like, I'm a strong believer in the more you stare at this shit, the more it starts to notice you staring at it. Dude, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, and we were just talking earlier, like, the more we go down this road, the more I notice subtle changes in my life. 
like odd things happening and you just you can't explain it you're like what wait a minute what because outside of this show like me and steve are pretty rational people uh, we don't questionable well yeah <laughs> i mean we don't go but we're not going around every day you know like why the fuck's this Oreo bag not blue today? This is fucking conspiracy. <laughs> like, that's not who we are. Like, it's just not who we are. Like, we don't... Is this a Bigfoot hair in my bumper? Yeah, we don't live at 24 fucking 7. We do have outside lives. But, I don't know. There's just... there's, I don't know. There's more... I think there's more to what Steve's saying. Yeah, I, I'm like... That's just a metaphor. You staring at it, it starts to notice you. But I feel like you, you do make yourself more susceptible to it. I agree, hundred percent. You man. got your your like mind activates on other wavelengths, and then you start like you start notice. Yeah, like Kyle said, you start noticing shit. Like yeah, and it's almost like you're looking for it. Yeah, subconsciously, like you're always looking at the sky, waiting to see some kind of weird ass light, or you always like I joked about it, but you're always like kind of looking through the woods, waiting to see something weird. Or I do. And it's so funny you say that. Looking for a black helicopter flying over. Because I do it all the time when I'm out in the woods with my job. Like, I'll be out there in the middle of nowhere, and, like, I'll I'll be kind of gazing around the woods. And I I do. I halfway expect to see, like, a quick, large movement from tree to tree or or something. You know, I do. It doesn't ever happen, but I do expect it. So it's it's kind of ironic that you say that. It's it does. I, I'm a firm believer in that. The more you I, stare I at it, the more it starts to stare back at you. I agree. Um, but coming back to the book here, um, you know, apparently once when it comes to fucking with these things and a spirit is able to present itself into your life, you know, once you invite it and it finally decides to show up it really doesn't want to leave. It would much rather hang out and fuck with your life than go back to where it came from. Now, a little side note on this is that there was a book, or, you know, it was in this book, and during an exorcism, there was, believe it or not, there was a spirit that begged to stay because it feared punishment from its master. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was that fucking... the evil thing in this person's body was like, please don't send me back. Please, I don't want. I don't want to face the consequences. Just let me hang out here, okay? I'll be good. <laughs> I promise. You know, I promise I won't possess that's you. That's kind of fucked up, right? I'll pay rent. Just yeah. don't make me go back. <laughs> that is terrifying. Yes. Holy shit. Yes. Okay. So, nevertheless, any involvement with the occult can lead to bad things. It can take a serious toll in your life. Uh. There was this Walter Cascoli, spokesman for the IAE, International Association of Exorcists, and he says that once a spirit is in your a bad spirit is in your life, you can, you know, you, you can have symptoms from anxiety, panic attacks, nightmares, acts of self harm, constant thoughts of death, death. In severe cases, it can lead to demonic possession. <laughs> I was going to say, fuck, man, those first symptoms just yeah. sound like 2020. <laughs> yeah, welcome to life. Um, there, another interesting side note is that since 2015, exorcisms themselves have insanely gone up. In 2015, there were over 500,000 requests in Italy alone for an exorcism. What? Yes. 
Reverend, Reverend Vincent Lambert is an ex exorcist in the diocese of Indianapolis. He says that the requests have skyrocketed, but only about one out of every 5,000 people are actually possessed. So, I mean, that's a that's a big deficit number, one out of 5,000. Yeah, it's probably a lot of misdiagnosed mental illnesses. Right, yes, ex exactly. And stuff of that nature. But it's kind of... Like, for me, it leads a little bit of credence to what he's saying because he's not throwing this fucking... Well, about 4,000 out of 5,000 people are actually fucking demonically possessed. Yeah. Like, he's... It makes it legitimate that... Yeah, he's given the more to... so low. Yeah, reality, in my opinion. But anyways, you know, he says it's more about trying to help people with a demonic obsession. Lambert says, from a faith perspective, it may seem like the devil has upped his game so to speak but he doesn't believe that at all he i don't he says i don't think the devil has upped his game but more people are inclined to play that game what i just said yes so you know at this point i'm going to read a quote which undoubtedly validates this book more than anything ever written and you know if you want to figure out the spirit this is the quote if you want to figure out the spirit world while you're alive, then beware. The deeper you get into it, the deeper they may want you, and the more powerful the pool is to find the answers. The quote comes directly from a one Mr. Zach Baggins. Oh, homie. Hell yeah. Who retweeted us once, so that's one our time. claim to fame. Yes. So, Zach, if you ever listen to the show, which you probably won't, yeah. and you want to go on a demon hunt, um, Steve's you're down. Huckleberry, dog. Steve's down. Let's do it. I'll even buy a tap out shirt. Sick. No, I won't. <laughs> if the demons are going to possess me and beat my ass, I want them to at least respect me. <laughs> we need to, yeah. <laughs> you said it. You said it. So, you know, with all that being said, this, what better way to kick all this off than with a, a little excerpt on Mr. Aleister Crowley himself. Oh, he is go. Aleister Crowley is literally probably the one of the most notorious occultists of his time, not to mention maybe of all time. This man was nicknamed the wickedest man alive, and he nicknamed himself the Great B Six Six Six. Damn, that was my nickname. Right. Well, Alistair did it first. Fuck. Um, Jack and my swag. <laughs> so, Alistair, he was a dick, man. There's no getting around it. In 1887, his father passed, and Alistair inherited the entire family fortune. So, I mean, as a young man, or not even a young man, as anyone could imagine, you know, Alistair decides, hey, I'm going to uh, indulge myself here. I'm going to start focusing on sex and drugs. Which is what anyone does when they inherit a lot of money. Oh, yeah. and Des Despite your religious views. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and oddly enough, Alistair also really liked to play chess. He really enjoyed poetry. And one of the more strange things is that he really enjoyed mountain climbing. I didn't really think that was a huge thing back in 87. Hmm. So he, uh, Hey, hollow cult, the weather's getting nice. And you know what that means? It's cryptid hunting season. 
and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Alistair actually made it to Cambridge in 1895 where he began to study philosophy and English literature. He also started his studies into the occult at this point. In one case, I guess a teacher was a dick to him. So he and some classmates apparently did a ritual and they had a doll of the teacher and Alistair stabbed the leg of the professor. And the next day, the professor, professor fell down the stairs and broke his leg. Fucking voodoo doll. So yeah, you got a voodoo doll there. In 1898, Crowley joined the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. There, they studied ceremonial magic, metaphysics, and alchemy. Crowley rose to the ranks of this place pretty quickly. And later on in life, he ends up buying a mansion. Now, this, is, this one was pretty good. for. I, I really enjoyed this because he bought this mansion, and it was on the shore of a little place in Scotland by the name of Loch Ness. Of course he buys a fucking castle on Loch Ness. Yep, that's what he did. And apparently this uh, mansion, what appealed to him so much was that it was built on the site where a church had burnt down with the entire congregation inside. (laughs) So, I mean, of course... It's a spot. Not just for the view. It's a perfect spot to do fucking magic. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Crowley was obsessed with complicated or with this this ritual. It was a complicated six month ritual described in the book of sacred sacred magic of Abramlin. I can't say that word. Anyways, with this, so basically, the goal of this six month ritual was to be put in contact with your guardian angel. And once you made contact with the said guardian angel, this angel would then give you a vast amount of magical wisdom. But to first 
be able to do this, you have to invoke the lords of darkness and compel them to work for good, which sounds like a really fucking dumb plan. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work. I'm not yeah. trying to do a lot of work. I don't think that I would be very optimistic of uh, achieving the end goal here. So, you know, Crowley's like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. I can do it. I'm the man. He starts doing it. Can't knock his gumption. No, he starts doing it. He gets about halfway into the ritual, and the the Golden Dawn is like, hey, Crowley, we need you for this crisis in Paris. So Crowley's like, all right, fuck it. I'll come help. It's whatever. I'll put this six-month ritual on hold, even though I know that I'm supposed to finish this before I do anything else. Just going to put it on hold for a minute. So... Before he left, Crowley noted in his diary that it seemed to be having an effect on his property. He feared it was being caused by the the, the Aberman devils. His housemaid quit abruptly. Another worker of Crowley's went insane. The local butcher accidentally cut off his hand after reading a meat order from Crowley. Now, on the back of this meat order... It said, please add one hand. <laughs> now, on the back of this meat order was a list of demons' names. I don't know why you would do that, but it's Crowley. Does demons make the tastiest meat? I guess so. Um, after Crowley did leave for this incident in Paris, there were rumors of strange black clouds that would just constantly stay over his property. Soon after he left and not finishing the ritual... It was being reported that demons had arisen and began running amok in the community. God damn it! Now this is this is my favorite part of he this didn't entire shut the door of the, the entire thing. There were even claims that the unfinished rite was responsible for a huge monstrous entity in the Loch Ness. My guy, Alistair Crowley. Fucking created the Loch Ness monster. He left the door open as he's Boom. like, you know what? I want to hang out where this church burned down too. Hell yeah, I'm gonna go swimming. S- swimming right through the veil, right into Loch Ness. <laughs> so Crowley opened the door for the Loch Ness monster. That's what it says, man. To come I believe it. To this, I believe plane. it. Hundred percent. One of universe. uh, one of Crowley's most famous stories was his Paris incident. On the night of 1914 in Paris, Crowley and a young acolyte decided to invoke the god of Pan. They sealed off the top floor of a hotel and warned everyone else to not interrupt no matter what. Well, halfway into the ritual, the men downstairs started to hear loads of bangs and screams. After a while, they decided, you know what? Fuck this. This is getting loud and weird. I'm going to kick that door in and I'm going to see what's going on. <laughs> they kick the door in and they they bust inside and the room is literally a fucking disaster. It's been destroyed. They find Crowley huddled in the corner, naked and mumbling. The acolyte lay dead in the middle of the floor. Both men were covered in bruises and scratches. No one else was in the room with them and no one was charged because Crowley couldn't speak and was committed for four months. Damn. It's pretty fucking crazy. More proof. Don't fuck with shit you don't understand. But back to the mansion. 
it was the or back Bullskin Mansion off the Loch Ness. It ended up having a fucked up history itself. In 1962, Dennis Lorraine bought the house for his wife. They decided to start a new business. They they wanted to build a pig farm. Be entrepreneurs. But things took a pretty sudden turn. They both ended up being alcoholics. And it's <laughs> and what makes this strange like fuck it. <laughs> we made a bad decision. Do you see that goddamn creature out in the lake? He keeps eating all the damn pigs. I'm getting drunk. <laughs> but uh, what's kind of fucked up about this, and I know it's a stretch, but Crowley's wife ended up the same way. Like she She's fucking tossing them back. Yeah, she just ended up becoming basically a raging alcoholic. Left, they divorced. She took the kids. Blah 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 I mean, blah. In her defense. Can you blame her? Not at all. If I'm seeing a bunch of fucking weird shit, not to mention my spouse. If you're married to Aleister Crowley. Yeah. Like if I walked in on Shauna and there was a fucking pentagram drawn on the floor and a bunch of candles, I'm going to be like, what in the fuck is this girl doing? <laughs> I I can't handle this. Anyways, <laughs> with this little uh, pig farm they had, all the pigs died of starvation yeah, from getting eaten by the fucking Loch Ness Monster. Well, I mean, that's typically how starvation works. <laughs> Loch Ness Monster wasn't starving because he was eating pork. Touche. <laughs> and Dennis himself was convicted and imprisoned in the largest financial scandal in British history. <laughs> Put that one on for size. I'm going to do a pig farm, and then I get busted for one of the biggest scandals in British history. It's fucking sick. So... Hogs wasn't the only thing he was selling. To Shay. Hmm. And later on, this... Shame uh, on you, Dennis. <laughs> this Major Edward Grant. He bought it. He was in uh, his bed one or his bedroom one day. Decided, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and fucking kill myself. Kills himself. <laughs> Same bedroom happens to be Crowley's bedroom. God damn, I'm not laughing because the dude killed himself, but just that he's just like, you know what? Whatever, I'm over it. And another little famous side Get note about this mansion is that in 1971, a one Jimmy Page, guitarist for Led Super Zeppelin, Shredder. bought the place because he apparently was a giant collector of Crowley. Fucking edgelord. Even he didn't stay there very long and admitted to the Rolling Stone that there are a lot of bad vibes in this place. I'm not... I'm kind of thinking that's probably why you bought it in the first place was for the bad vibes. One then would you assume. Get the bad vibes and you can't handle it. Right. Um in 2000 there was a documentary called The Other Loch Ness Monster. Now the filmmaker Gary Grant and his crew had plenty of strange things happen to them during this. They went to Bullskin Manor and they began to have nightmares about Crowley. Their phones would ring a random alarm clock would go off at the exact same time every single day. And then they said while they were recording, this stupid fog, like a ghostly fog, would appear at random just throughout their recording. They never could figure out why. But the strangest thing with this and this documentary crew is that one day the crew was swarmed with shrieking beetles while filming a segment on how Crowley's dogs were killed. 
And per coincidence here, Crowley's dogs were killed by beetles summoned through magic. Weird. That's weird. Another fucking little crazy side note is that these beetles couldn't be identified by the Natural History Museum. (laughs) Couldn't figure out what the fuck they were. Because they're from hell. (laughs) 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 Fucking hell beetles. That's fucking sick. (laughs) I just love that they're from hell. Where else would they come from? I mean, when you same s- place Loch Ness monster came from. When you fucking say it like that, <laughs> I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm sold. And I'm sure that this is just lightly, ever so lightly grazing Crowley's adventures to the occult. But it is some prime examples of don't fuck with it if you don't know what you're doing. It's not a good idea. I have one more story. We probably got enough time to do this. And I I like this story because it has to do with a a topic we've covered before. I'm not going to say what it is. You guys will figure it out. But anyway, so the story starts off with a girl named Alicia. And she was a pretty lonely person. She was shy. But all she wanted in life. This is going already. (laughs) All she wanted in life was to be in love and have that feeling that most people become intoxicated with. So one day she's sitting at her house and she's just kind of thinking about wanting a man and just how lonely she is. I think I've seen this movie. And she's sitting, so she's sitting there on the, on the couch and she looks over at her, uh, entertainment center, you know, TV and stuff. And she, she notices this gray clay, oil burning lamp and her uncle had brought it back from the Middle East. You can already picture where this is going. And just like the movie, this this little voice in her head says, Hey, rub the lamp. Make a fucking wish. Make a wish. And she, I mean, she... It's like she acknowledges it, but she's like, I'm just, it's just my imagination taking hold on me. So she just ignores it and decides to watch TV. And it it literally sounds like something that we would do. But she said she kept hearing this voice in the back of her head. Rub the lamp. Make a wish. Go ahead. It's fun. Nothing terrible is going to happen. You know, at at this point... Like these these little thoughts in her head, they were just fucking all consuming. And she's like, I can't stop thinking about it. I just can't. So she she was like, fuck it. So she grabs a lamp up, rubs it. She was trying to decide what to wish for. And settled on wishing for all her wishes to come true. At a girl. Which I literally write That's what's up. I literally write Typical human being. Tip, I, dot, that would have been dot. my first fucking wish. 100%. Oh, yeah. That's why I wrote typical human being. Bro, 100% yeah, sign me up for that right. shit. You know, and and she literally expected nothing to happen. And it's it's no different than us sitting around going. Wish I would have hit that Mega Millions. Wish I would have hit the Mega Million. But I didn't. Exactly. It's It's pretty much the same concept here. 
you know, and nothing happened. And I, it's fucking funny that we talk like this because I literally wrote this out like two weeks ago or better. And I, I really, I literally write nothing happened and she expected this, but just like winning the lottery <laughs> or just like not winning the lottery, you're still a little d- disappointed when it doesn't happen. Yep. So she puts the lamp back on the shelf, decided to go, go to bed at this point. She had a thought, maybe a genie will come to me in my dreams. Well, she did have a dream and it fucking sucked. She was standing in a long lunch line. The The sign above this line said free lunch. So as she got closer to the building and she finally got to go in, she grabbed a tray and began to help herself. Then this olive-skinned man with a neat beard boomed down at her to stop. He asked what she was doing, and she said, I'm getting lunch. Fucking lunch line. The sign says free lunch. Hungry dog. What do you think I'm doing? The the man replied, you haven't paid. She said, with your soul. The sign says it's free. And he spouted back at her, nothing is free. You only get what you pay for. Why don't you make an offer? Alicia tried to reply but couldn't. And he said, no matter, I already know what you want. Then he gave you one of those supervillain laughs that just chilled her to the bone. Then Alicia went back into retreat mode. This is just a dream. I need to wake up. I want to wake up. Well, she woke up, sat there for a while, collecting her thoughts. Finally, goes back to sleep. A couple of days go past. She goes into work. This coworker next to her was just blabbing in that giddy, annoying mood that people get at times. And you all know what the fuck I'm talking about. Alicia had a really bad headache. And so you dabble coworker, migraine. Debbie's like, you know what? I just wish Debbie would fucking stuff it already. Shut the fuck up, Debbie. As soon as she finished that thought, Debbie started coughing, which turned into gagging. Alicia tried to help, but Damie, Debbie ran into the bathroom only re- to return, grab her shit, and go the fuck home. <laughs> After work, Alicia went home, never fully getting over her headache. So she's like, you know what? I'm just going to turn in. I got a headache. I feel like shit. I'm going to go to bed a little early. Maybe I'll feel better in the morning. 2.30 in the morning, rolls around. She wakes up. Well, she wakes up to someone climbing into bed with her. She felt like it was a strong man getting beside her. Thinking she was still asleep, the man began to caress her. Alicia was enjoying herself until she decided to look. And what she saw shocked her to the fucking core. It was the exact same man from the lunch line. She yelled, no go away, and he just smirked and didn't move. So she kind of just started to panic. She started to cry, and she managed to get out. I wish you would just go back to where you came from. With that, he disappears. Now at this point, as I'm sure all of us would do the same thing, she started to question herself. Am I going crazy or what? So now it starts to enter familiar territory. The air in her home became thick. 
a sense of doom and gloom hung over her. Room temps would suddenly change from freezing cold to insanely hot. There's a lot of symptoms we had almost from Stardust Ranch, you know, in the beginning of that story. Also, what Alec just talked about. Yeah. In his Fuck encounter, yeah. right. which is weird. Um, at night, she would be woke up by skittering noises on the roof, scratching in the walls, pounding noises that would shake the pictures. Things would disappear, then reappear, like a pair of earrings that were on her dresser, then appear on the top of her trash can, which, once again, Stardust Ranch had the same type of shit going on. Remember his keys? Yep. It's like the entire paranormal world came down on her. She started to see manifestations, black shadows going around the house room to room, nightmares of monsters chasing her, trying to make her sign a contract she didn't want to sign. Then it was like she just was just plagued with bad luck. And in the most annoying ways, her computer would constantly go down. She was, she was always tripping over things. On several occasions, she almost fell down a flight of stairs. The final star straw was when a car appeared out of nowhere and almost killed her. Right then, she knew she needed help. And that, that's kind of fucking weird. Like, you just go through all this bad luck, and then you almost get hit by a car. And you're like, you know what? I need <laughs> fucking it. help. Last straw. I need fucking help. So she ends up doing a little bit of research, and she finds this guy named John Zaffis, which fucking sounds like that stupid fucking wish machine. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I can't think of what it's called. Fuck. It's going gonna, it's gonna to bother me. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyways, um, she's like, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm being plagued with shit, and it, it started. It all started with this stupid lamp. He's like, put the lamp outside. It may calm things down a little bit. So she does, and it actually starts to help. Then when he gets over there, he's actually the one that ends up sounding crazy. He's like, ma'am, and I, I just I couldn't imagine being in the, in this conversation like. Because I, I take it that Alicia hasn't really delved into this realm at all in her life. So imagine, like, you don't know what the fuck's going on. You're borderline crazy at this point. And you, you call this dude. You're like, I need help. I don't know what the hell's happening. He comes over. You're sitting down on the couch. And he's like, all right, ma'am. What you got going on here is a genie. Okay? It's a fucking genie. Also known as... A gin. He goes on explaining what the gin is and the most. <laughs> I just love they call it a genie. Oh, dude. I mean, could you imagine? Like, you're sitting there on the couch and he's like, Ma'am, you have a genie. Okay. I feel like. You got a genie. Robin Williams did not pop the fuck out of his lamp. You got a genie. Okay. That was my first. When you said that we would know it and you said that she was lonely, I'm like, there's going to be one of two things. It's going to be a gin or it's going to be a tulpa. Yeah. For sure, and it was gin. Bing. He goes on explaining what the gin is and that most of them are tricksters and they shouldn't ever, ever, ever be trusted. Alicia asks, how did it get in the lamp? Which is, you know, a pretty logical question. He explains that someone in the Middle East probably used an occult ritual to tie it to the lamp. Then when it seen an opportunity to be set free, it took it, i.e., she's sitting around being lonely, 
you know he what a shitty ritual right to tie this thing to a lamp when the only when when all you have to do to unlock it is rub, is it. rub the fucking lamp hey man it's in their culture i guess i don't know i mean you saw aladdin they probably were like okay it's in there i'm just getting to get take this motherfucker to the goodwill right yeah get Out rid of my of hands it. you know so when it saw the opportunity it took it it just so happened that this john knew how to handle the gin he declared Alicia's debt paid, and then using a binding ritual, he chained the gin back to the lamp and encased it in an, in an acrylic box so no one could ever touch it again. Thank God. He, he also, took an extra step. Right. He also arranged for an exorcism of Alicia and her house to make sure that all the bad energy left by the gin was gone. Believe it or not, with that, her life went back to normal but it was something that she would never, ever forget. Fucking genius. And that is, that is fucking super smart. And he's literally like one of the only stories we've ever heard. But the dude's like, you know what? I'm putting this in a goddamn box. Nobody's ever touching this fucker again. Just bury that some bitch. Right, exactly. And if, if it's 100% real and this thing inside of it Melt is an asshole, lamp. yeah. I mean, I would take, I would make a giant form and just fill it full of epoxy yeah, like you're not that, getting that's this what out. I'm saying like like if it was somebody else's problem and it was bad enough to where they looked into the occult they decided to use this ritual to tie it to this artifact and then they're just like all right I'm done <laughs> I'm done with this give it somebody else it's a it's like a white elephant gift at Christmas so right. here you go <laughs> surprise <laughs> oh touche touche I don't know man I mean but then again if you are an evil occultist, this is like making yeah, maybe a jack-in-the-box type thing, you maybe know? Maybe they summon the djinn and just specifically to put it in the lamp yeah. to have some poor unsuspecting yeah. person to release it. Yeah, and I mean, maybe that's part of the deal. Maybe it's part of a deal that they made with the djinn or, or what? I don't know. I have no fucking clue. I don't know. All I know is that that would suck. That would be super shitty to be in her shoes. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I would. I would feel like I'm going fucking crazy. It's good that she has someone to take her seriously. Yeah, yeah. She. It's a lot of time, like we said before, that gets written off as like schizophrenia or yeah stuff of that. Precisely, nature. exactly. I don't know. I just thought, and th- there's a, there's more stories to the book, and I'm I'm probably going to share a lot of them with Patreon in the near future. But I thought it'd be kind of cool to give a little bit of a taste and. I really, I really, really enjoyed this gin story. I don't know why. I just really fucking enjoyed it. Because you love genies. I do like genies. Clearly. I do. I wish I would have won the Mega Millions. So you could buy a genie. <laughs> Perfect. Wait, it already got one. It's, a, it's so. almost like the lamp acted as a Dybbuk box. And, and you know in a nutshell, I mean? yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just locked in there. Yeah. Um, I was kind of looking on Alistair Crowley shit as you were talking because that's kind of how I do things. You bring up your episode and I kind of right. cruise through it. Did you see this yes, entity? Yes. That he supposedly connected with. Yeah. This what's lamp? that look like? The fucking alien. Yes. Exactly. It looks exactly like an alien. Yes. I just thought I'd bring that up. Um, I got a couple things here. First and foremost, I forgot to mention after Alex's story. If anybody has any experiences similar to Alex's have dealt with it and have come to a conclusion, like have an answer for him or if anybody's, if anybody has any information at all, 
that we can kind of try to help him out. Please yeah, for sure. email us. Send us send us anything you know. Yeah, for sure. So we can because, pass that on. Yeah, if we get him, we want to try to help him because it sounds like it's been a rough going. Yeah, I wouldn't want to deal with all that crap. Secondly, here, I have a little interesting synchronicities. Uh-oh. That Kyle had worked on this Uh-oh. episode uh, months ago, right? Yeah, a little bit ago. He had actually brought it to do, because we record multiple episodes at once, Yeah, to do the night that we did our infamous interview. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that Which, now. interestingly enough, ended with all those crazy messages being sent to Bob. Yeah. That all were referencing... Crowley. Crowley. Weird. Now, yeah, the whole... Uh, <laughs> we don't know where we're at on the whole thing. But, and I wasn't going to bring up Egress again, because we don't know if, who the fuck was sending the messages, if we were getting our fucking chains pulled with everything, if it was just some big setup, you know, because there's a lot of coincidences falling forth. But it is weird that when Kyle was going to come and do the Crowley episode, we postponed it. That is weird. To do the interview and... It still led back to Crowley. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So didn't really think about that. Kind of weird. Yeah. So there's that. Yay! Sick. Sick. We may do a follow-up on Egress Industries, but it will not be through our podcast. So that's a little sneak peek. Soon. Soon. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up with that. Check us out at all our social medias. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Search up the Hollow Sky Podcast and we will be there. Until next time, stay safe. Stay weird. And if you're practicing occultism and you tie a gin into any specific artifact, please take steps to wear some lonely, unknowing, Innocent person will not release said gin onto their lives, making it a living hell. Thank you.